inking, writing, laughing, crying, sketching, drawing, then more crying, trying, crying, feeling it out. What's this? I got myself some rum. (gasps) Oh, wow. The devil's drink. It's delicious. I didn't tell you my rum story, did I? You have a rum story? It's not great. That's not going on this podcast. No, it's not. Sounds like a great cold open. It's... It's not happening here. It, oh, it, it, okay. The long, the long story short, which I'll say because it does make a good cold open, is that I, I, um, <clears throat> my my father had told me in fatherly advice when I started drinking um, that at the uh, tender age of six. At the tender age of six, he told me, "Son, uh, there's a couple things to keep in mind while drinking." He kind of gave me some general rules, like good rules to live by. But the one thing that uh, obviously stood out to me really hard at the time. Was he said, um, you know, make sure that you know your limits. Like, if you're going to be going crazy, make sure you're at a place where, like, you trust the people around you. Or you can, you're you're just a little bit away from home. Or ideally, you can just crash right there. Um, the beers and the bees. Yeah, exactly. And so I took that as, oh, I should test my limits and see how The birds and the beers? Get. Sorry. No, the beers and the... Yeah, the birds and the beers is better. Yeah, that was I, better. I took his words as, as trying to see how drunk I can get to test my limits in one evening. And Brian was there, which... Oh, <laughs> no can, kidding. He can help with this story. But long story short, I blacked out while I was playing um, uh, Legends of the Skyward Sword. And An I guess awesome I, um, I uh, uh, finished a whole dungeon and called Zelda a bitch and then passed out. <laughs> and my roommate very politely got me into my room. Um, that is the most abridged I've ever told that story. Uh, Welcome to Feeling It Out with Kyle and Connor. I'm Kyle. And I'm Connor. And I'm I don't a, do that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I am a writer, podcaster, uh, producer with generalized anxiety disorder and depression. And I am, what I realized I was forgetting to mention, a podcaster and a comic book artist and illustrator. And I have ADD, which holds hands with my depression, which makes it super great. How's that been this week? Uh, Oh, and I'm drinking a, uh, shoot, what do you, oh crap, what is this called? It's uh, rum, peach schnapps, and orange juice. No, it's um, it's not a, it's got a fun name. I can't remember, though. If it was vodka, peach, synops, and orange juice, I think it'd be a fuzzy navel. But with rum, it's something else. Ah, darn it. A clean navel? Yeah, I don't know. Or a filthy navel. If somebody knows what uh, <laughs> this drink is called, please let us know somewhere. I don't yeah, know where. Please, um, Only please on like, SoundCloud. Comment, like, comment, no. subscribe. Let us know what it is. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, yeah, no. How's that been this week? Uh, yeah, it's kind of been crap. Just because um, it's funny. There's not there's, To those of you who are familiar... You know that saying there's withdrawal from Adderall is like very bizarre and not accurate. But to those who don't know or maybe have only experienced Adderall when maybe their brain chemistry didn't necessarily need it, which by the way, no judgment here, but let me just say that I felt like I was on top of the world and everything made sense. And I was looking at this awesome map of everything in front of me. And now that I don't have Adderall, it's only been a week. I feel like I'm losing my mind constantly, and it's hard mm. for me to like form sentences. I feel like as well as I used to be able to, and it probably isn't showing because a lot of it's just internal. But uh, yeah, it's kind of sucked. Also, wait, wait, of, I, hmm. 
I'm, I'm really curious because when I experience withdrawals on my medication, which is SSRIs, uh, I experienced this this one symptom that I frankly don't really bother bringing up because it sounds more intense than it is, but I'm curious if you experience a kind of symptom that you ordinarily wouldn't want to talk about, but maybe this is the podcast to do it. Because the one that I experience is um, just like uh, visual hallucinations, like things out of the corner of my eye and like kind of when I like when I was younger and they first started, I would like, you know, turn my head and try to like catch what the heck was that? And just over time, I, it occurred to me that it's like, oh, okay, that happens sometimes. So I don't need to freak out. It's just, I'm hanging out with people and oh, something just darted out of my vision. So uh, that, that that's not a big wait, deal. Wait, 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 are you, are you, so are you saying that that's something that happens when you're on your meds? When I'm off my mats. Oh, yeah, that happens to me all the time. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> I, Interesting. I'm actually very familiar with that. I The last couple of <laughs> nights I've been um, playing my Switch in my bed while The Simpsons is on, and the, the way that I've angled myself, there's always a couple of moments where it looks like something crawls out from where my PlayStation is and, like, slinks <laughs> under my nightstand. I know there isn't, but every yeah. time I get up, I'm like... <gasps> <laughs> no, no, yeah, why would it be? I know this drill. Or like whenever I'm at my dad's house, it, I I always think that I see a woman with a white dress standing outside every night I'm there. <laughs> and when I've house sat for him too, I always go and turn off all the lights and uh, yeah, no, it's just the that thing that I made up that's standing outside and like it's no big deal, but yeah, oh, I so. mean, I, I've had stuff like that where it's like at my grandparents' house, there's this one photo of my mom that's in the guest room that I always stay in. And for whatever reason, when I turn off the lights, she turns into a demon screaming monster. Cool. And there's nothing I can do about it. It's <laughs> no, just the it thing just that happens. happens. And it's like as I become an adult and I still have to stay over there sometimes and I sleep in the guest room, I turn the light off. And in my head, it's like, yeah, it's a big scary version of my mom now. But like, I, there's nothing I can do about it. No, that's Whereas just before, how it, is now. it would be so scary. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. So but, I, no, I was, I was actually going to say that the other thing that I've experienced. Yeah. But the withdrawals um, experiences are different. So yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a tiredness because I didn't realize this. I am um, fall asleep kind of at the drop of a hat. And I didn't realize when I was talking to my psychiatrist, he's like, yeah, it, uh, that's part of ADHD. It can't be. And I was like, what? Is visual and hallucinations? No, is tiredness because I oh, sorry. St- when I no <laughs> just when I started taking Adderall, I woke up and even if I felt tired, I could get up at like six forty five and be like, mm, I hate this, but I'm up and like focus on something. It took me like fifteen seconds for my brain to like get into action, and then I wouldn't feel like I needed a nap, and then it would be like ten, eleven o'clock, and finally I start getting tired when I don't have Adderall. Every morning is a struggle. I'm like playing Animal Crossing at 7.30 in the morning and I feel like I'm dying. And I was falling asleep during our meeting today about the Excel sheet. I literally had to set a timer because I was worried if I fell asleep. It was set for three minutes. I was worried if I fell asleep, she'd be like, Connor, what do you think of that? Connor? Dude, this isn't your first rodeo. (laughs) No, it's sad. You, that's I, I, smart. I'm gonna take that idea. You should. Welcome to falling asleep at everything. It's because I awful. definitely went to the bathroom during that meeting. <laughs> oh hell yeah, you did. There's, there's. I don't think this happened, but I, every time she'd be like, "Does everyone understand?" I'm like, uh, <laughs> "Is everyone here?" Um, 
But uh, yeah, so what's interesting is that all that's been happening and, and most day-to-day struggles are infuriating at best. What's what's crazy though is that my comic productivity has skyrocketed for some reason. And I'm not saying that it wasn't great before. I actually experienced something wonderful on a Saturday where I was taking my Adderall and I it felt good. All these little things that I hate doing, like shading things in the foreground for a sketch or or like having to go back and forth and doing like cross hatching and stuff. I always hate, but for some reason I was on my Adderall and I was in it. Not for some reason, it's Adderall, it's what it does, but I was like in it and it felt comfortable and good. And I was like, fuck yeah, this is this isn't taking forever, is what I'm usually experiencing. It's 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 just fun. I'm just doing like a little brush stroke. It's gonna look so good when it's done. Yeah. Um when did I'm, you run out? I ran out last Tuesday, so it has been over a week. Uh, my CVS has had a really hard time getting Adderall for some reason, so I've been playing phone tag with my doctor's office trying to find another place to pick it up. So until then, I might bump some off my dad because we pretty much take the same dosage and he's been kind enough to offer it. But right now I'm just going to see how far I can go. Have you gotten that energy back in the morning yet? Nope. No? So it's just the worst of both worlds? Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty much just tired and i don't know the only the only nice thing that's happened is i feel like it's easier for me to put work aside and be like i'm going to draw right now yeah um i don't know if that's a symptom of like the length of this how long we've been on quarantine either but oops i should talk to the mic i keep doing that because i've got you in my ears but i've got this big black thing in front of me and i'm just like oh get this out of my way (laughs) Um, (laughs) i set the damn thing up uh because I've thankfully, like, I, I just had my uh, meeting, or not meeting, but my appointment with my psychiatrist last week, I think we talked about. Uh, yeah. And I got my prescription filled, and I was really worried that I was up against it, that I was, like, had one pill left. And after we had that uh, appointment, I get a text from CVS that says, your prescriptions aren't due for a refill yet, so do you mind waiting? And I was like, What? But I'm running out of pills. So I went to the medicine cabinet and rooted around like a raccoon. And sure enough, <laughs> I found that I had an entire second bottle of pills. Whoa. So I'm, I, I feel really like guilty in that I've, I'm, I've got all of my medication. And it's actually resulted in some awesome creativity, both from you and your mom, uh, in the form good, of that though. writing prompt. Yeah. I and mean, that actually, before there is something I want to talk about, our subject for today, if you will. Before we get into that, um, Kyle and my mom and I have started doing this kind of round robin. Not round robin. We've been doing a writing group. Don't say that. Ugh. What? Round robin? Don't say round robin. No, I know. It's, I made a mistake. We've been doing a writing group, <laughs> the three of us, and my mom will give us a prompt, and I think she's giving us one either later this week or next week. And it's been a, a, an, I highly suggest that anyone who's having trouble writing or wants to practice writing does something like this with people they trust because we've set it up in a way that we just write and we're having fun with it and Kyle took his time with it and it sh- oh my god it was so much fun it shows more but like the idea is to, to get the shit out there to get practice at getting the shit out there it is so much fun I felt really yeah. good writing my thing and it's and I re- oh. I know that you have uh, some things written down, but I just realized that there were a couple things I shared with you this week that I should also share on the podcast is the things that got me inspired to write was uh, 
an ad on YouTube for uh, some guy talking about. It never even said who the guy was. Did I? I didn't say this on the podcast. Did I? Only I said this to you on the phone. So. Okay. Oh well, I'm gonna tell it again anyway. <laughs> See if we had a producer, he could go. But um, I'm the producer, so here we go. Uh, there was an ad on YouTube for Masterclass from a guy that I didn't know who he was. They never said who he was, uh, but he was talking about a story from Aerosmith, how they would have uh, sessions like once every whatever. Uh, where they would talk about whatever the bad ideas they had or the bad songs. And it's like, oh, I had this song, do-do-do, but I know it's terrible. And maybe someone in the group would say, yeah, it's terrible, but every now and then you'd get a song like Dude Looks Like a Lady and some other yeah. uh, examples. And this suit took that you know, story about creatives and was like, oh, how can I apply this to business? And so what he <laughs> said is have a meeting with your team where the point is to bring up the bad ideas they have, the ideas that they know wouldn't go anywhere, so that maybe the group can find a good idea from a bad idea, or actually a bad idea is a good idea they just didn't realize. Um, and so for whatever reason, I was in like a particularly receptive mode where I interpreted that as dare, because he kept saying dare to be bad, and I interpreted that as like in my writing, like don't be afraid it was what i was telling myself because i've been working on this x-men script this like spec <laughs> this spec x-men story uh that has nothing to do with anything it's just some, something fun i wanted to do about a character that i made up that you connor illustrated and brought to life which was yeah. awesome and uh just i i've been wanting to get back to it for so long and i had this thing and i wrote it down on a postcard dare to be bad of like don't don't edit. Don't worry about it. Say things like, oh, Cyclops looks back to Fife or something. And uh, other things like, uh, oh, I've never been to space before. This is my first time in space. Like, I'm going to edit it down later, but I just got this stuff on paper. And it feels so good to have chunked out like seven pages in the last few days. Yeah, it's something I want to actually relate to anyone out there who's having trouble just creating something in general. It's a world of difference if and I'll, I'll take our our office as an example and those of you who also work in an office will maybe you'll get this but uh, whenever i would draft an email i'd be losing my mind trying to make sure that it was like had the right cadence and it was polite enough and blah 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 and firm enough and i had the idea and all this stuff and i'd be freaking out and writing all this email and going back and forth it taking me like 15 minutes it's way too long i don't know and and we're in a position now where now that we've kind of changed how our team structure is i've been doing a lot more i mean i've gotten better at emails too but more comfortable but i've also gotten to the point where i'm seeing a lot of drafts and people are asking me what do you think of this and it's so easy, so easy for someone to come up with a draft to be like, what do you think of this? And I know there's a chance they did the same thing I did where they're just like, uh, 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 and typing away and trying to make it perfect and all this stuff. Or maybe they're not trying to make it perfect and they just have a lot of questions about it or whatever. And they put it out there and I go like, oh, add, add the right there and this is perfect and or sometimes i'll get something and i'm like oh you know what uh you should just you should probably add this line and you're good to go and that is awesome and so understand people out there 
You get to be that person for yourself. You get to write your thing. And what I always do is whenever I'm in between stages of a comic or writing drafts, I always try to take as close to a full day off from it as possible. Because when I go back to it, I'm like, oh my gosh, look at this gift I left myself. And now I just get to clean it up and it takes like 15 minutes. It doesn't. But it's so, super cool and it's a lot better like it's there's a payoff for struggling to get it out there so if you can make the struggle fun and like you were saying if you just get the shit out there then like that's awesome because guess what it might suck to revise and yes it's hard not to get caught in like a revision hellscape but if you can limit yourself to a certain amount of revisions and go back to it and just be like oh now i get to clean this thing up that's already done it makes it so much easier for me and so I encourage everyone else out there to think of that and try it because it makes a huge difference. When yeah, I personally, a something. I personally find like the the mechanics of actually writing the like outline or the treatment into the actual you know quote unquote finished product is just such a drudge. It's so much more fun to do the editing whittling down part when you come back to it and you're like, oh my gosh, this genius pooped all over my page. I got to <laughs> clean it up so that people can see the genius through all of this crap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's crazy. And yeah. that actually kind of leads into what I wanted to talk about today, but I wanted okay. to talk about artistic plateauing because Ooh. I'm experiencing not that and I want to appreciate the moments where I have plateaued I feel like using a a more direct segue, when I wrote the first issue of Spellslinger, I only got it out because I was at a wedding for the weekend. There's a like a fucking whole afternoon where I had nothing to do. And I'd just been sitting on this idea for two weeks and I'm like, fuck it, I'm just going to write it. And like that lack of other things helped me do it. But after that, I just redid it like two or three times and then I put it down for a year and then picked it up again and then I rewrote it and it, I was trudging it and it was awful and it took me like a couple weeks to get the script finalized and I'm not saying this is necessarily good, but when I wrote issues two and three, which were, uh, <laughs> for those Spellslinger fans out there, are one cohesive story, um, <laughs> I... Wrote them both over the weekend, like first and final drafts. I did two, I think, of issue. I did two f- different drafts of issue two and then a final. And then I did one draft for issue three, then a final. And then when I was storyboarding issue three, I went back and rewrote some stuff anyway, because fuck it. And it was so much easier. And I felt like I had gone off of the plateau of being stuck on writing that first draft. And I feel really confident in doing first drafts of comic scripts now and to lean that into what I wanted to bring up is that while I've been having this surge of creative energy with drawing I noticed that it my I feel like my ability is just skyrocketing which is I I wonder if this is just what everyone feels like we're at this point but I was on a plateau where when I finished issue one and I was drawing stuff and promos and then I started doing issue two and even through inking all of issue two and even coloring most of issue two, Kyle, you know, I was like, oh, I hate this. Oh, this sucks. I can't draw this better. And then it, it all happened with the way I was interpreting spell effects with colors and lighting and it's nothing fucking groundbreaking or super remarkable, but I just thought it was neat. And then suddenly it's like I, my head, my creative 
mind was a balloon and it just went like like that was the last thing and then suddenly all these things came out and I was like wait a minute and I was like we could do this we could do that we could do this and suddenly I mean I, I I've been drawing at such a great rate and I, the other night I stopped drawing at nine and then I went to go watch tv stopped came back so I was like oh I'm not done yet oh I'm not done yet dude and I just kept drawing and it all felt really good and it all feels really good and I feel like there's these angles I've never been able to do before and now I'm just doing it and I know in a week this will end and I will go right back to hating everything that I do but there's something about this high I I I also encourage anyone out there who experiences any like, oh, I'm having a hot streak with writing or wow, the last two sketches I did turned out really well. Just keep doing it if you can. Literally just keep doing it. Pour as much time into it as you can because it feels so fleeting. And I know next week we're going to have our feeling it out recording. And I'm going to be like, yeah, I fucking hate (laughs) it again. And we should probably stop, but I'm not going to stop because I'm too stubborn now. But, dude, the, the high right now is insane. That sounds awesome. It's so great. That sounds... That must be nice. <laughs> it's, it's, like I said, it happens, like, once a year for, like, a week. Sometimes, if I'm lucky, it happens on a smaller scale for, like, a month, twice a year. But most of the time, I hate what I'm doing. And at the very best of times, on average, I'm thinking, yeah. This is serviceable. Time to move on. So I, I, I wanted to bring it up because you can only get to this point if you keep riding the plateau. I mean, it's a plateau. At some point, you have to keep moving to get to the up spike. If you just stand where you are, then nothing's going to happen. So it's it was good practice for me to have a, a an imaginary comic schedule that we concocted because that forced me to keep working even when I really didn't want to I'm like I can't disappoint the four fans we have and it helped me get to this point that will last again for another four days and that's it but man getting to this point was awesome Ugh. so so that's awesome that's oh. amazing dude that's amazing and I wish I could high five you, virtual high five, virtual high um, five. But or not, but that's that's amazing. And I just want to clarify: the topic for this episode is about how you don't feel like you plateau. <laughs> no, it's about plateauing in general. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, the topic. You, the topic is about like this whole sick cycle that I feel like everyone goes through, and. I have never appreciated the fleeting moments I get where I'm not plateauing. And then now my mind's in the state where I'm preparing for the plateau. Like I'm, I'm bracing myself like, all right, get ready because you could open up the document an hour from now and it could all look like shit. Like you need to be ready for it. And it's weird. No, that's interesting. Cause the plot, like the plateau is a really positive way of thinking about it. If, if you're, uh, normal way of thinking is oh i'm not actively writing i'm getting worse it's not like a bicycle it's like it's a muscle and if i'm not exercising it every day then i'm getting worse and i'm forgetting the things that i'm doing so you're right it's like whatever progress you're getting it's always an upward slope and then plateauing you yeah. you said a thing earlier that i want to respond to about uh <laughs> how you wrote spell slinger the first like uh at a wedding or over a weekend yeah, no, um, it was it it was it was 
yeah, it was over a wedding weekend, but like that was a good like two days of my time when I wasn't pretending probably, that I wanted to talk to people. Probably the things I am most proud of, I have written in a mad like dash to get it done. Like yeah. in like a maybe like depending on the thing, an hour to eight hour like manic production session of uh getting something done and some of the things i'm most proud of is just like uh i'm gonna do all of that right now i'm gonna do it from start to finish some (laughs) of my favorite songs that i've ever written some of my favorite things and so to roll the clock back to the uh writing prompt to that uh connor was so nice to give me compliments on uh, while I did hem and haw over ideas that I wanted to write for that, I wrote it all uh, in about like uh, four hours that like night. I had my outline and I had my stuff, but it was mostly just me blazed and drunk just going like, and then this happened, and then this happened. What's that on the outline? Oh, okay, and then this happened until it was 1.30 and Yo. I was done. And I put it, and I put it up, and you're like, "Oh my god, you worked so hard on it!" And I'm like, "I did work hard on it. I just <laughs> didn't work like day hard on it." Yeah, because frankly, I find it hard. It's more I've done things like my Batman script that I've I'm so fucking proud of. He's got his finger up uh, to his nose like a mustache. <laughs> that one was more. Uh, yeah, I have my own mustache now, though. Actually, I know we both um, have such long beards. But my, uh, I wrote that script over like several days during work at my last job. Uh, but that one and some of the other ones that I'm really proud of were done in just like one sitting because I find it hard to keep the idea like exciting and fresh and interesting sometimes if I can't get it all out in one sitting. Yeah, that's very true. I, I, I think there's, there's something, something about letting that. the muse dance her own dance and just capturing it and receiving the idea. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a feeling you either get or you don't i'm joking i, I receive messages but, <laughs> from on high and i have to get them onto parchment oh god my creativity is like the wind it just kind of has its own mind no it is it is it's crazy like though, i i feel like you, i feel like you can feel when it hits you if if you're lucky, because it doesn't always, but when you can feel it and you know it, you're just like, oh, we're doing this all tonight. Like, that's it. That's it, man. That's yeah, so I'm evening. curious. Like, you, you're feeling so good and you're feeling like you're really blossoming and stuff. And how do you balance all the other freaking things in your life with this? I oh. feel like it's so easy to use anything that's threatening to distract you from this thing that you're loving and you're getting so much out of because it... In, to me would make me feel so guilty that like I'm taking this time away from Derek and from my family and from like my responsibilities and stuff like I don't know where that well, comes from but I'm curious what you do with it so here's the thing it helps that and I say helps very very loosely because this is a, that's a whole other depressing target topic on, on just for my own perspective it helps that I haven't seen my girlfriend in like three weeks because oh. Literally all I have is this or video games or work. So it's easier for me right now because I, I like I, I, I told myself like, all right, it's, it's, it's nine o'clock. I'm, I'm done. I've been working all day. I'm going to go lay down and watch the Simpsons. And I laid down. I was watching the Simpsons for like 
five minutes and I was like, nope, I'm still feeling it. And because we're in quarantine, because I don't have plans to go hang out with normal people I hang out with or do normal things I normally have to do. And I, I have so much more energy because I'm introverted that it, it was so much easier for me to be like, fuck this. It's not like I'm, it's not like I'm playing an MMO where I need to catch up to people or like do regular rate. Like I can just put animal crossing down for an hour and then come back to it later. But I will say that it's, I, I have the benefit of being with someone right now who, if I'm working on something and she's over, uh, if we talk about watching TV or something later, if we get around that time, she'll ask how I'm doing. And there have been a couple of times where she's helped me introduce this environment where I can say, I actually want to finish this page because I'm on a hot streak. And she'll be like, okay. And then she'll just do something else. And it helps that she also knows that and experiences that where like if she's sewing or working on like makeup project ideas, if she's on a hot streak, she'll be like, do you mind if I keep working for a while? And I'm like, oh, no, you mean I have to go play video games and just hang out for an hour? Uh, and like it's man. See, that's it. That's my depression telling me like Derek would absolutely my fiance Derek would absolutely say that if if I had the confidence in myself to really take that seriously. If if there wasn't some part of me that imagined some version of him saying, what, really? That I lose to that fun little like hobby thing that you're doing? Like you might as well say, oh, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna go uh, blow my nose instead of watch a movie with you. Like, oh, right. okay, I lose to that. And that's my depression saying that because you're right. Just like Bailey, I'm sure he would absolutely be like, oh, that's so cool. Yeah, I'll, I'll busy myself some other time because it's not like I say it all the time. Right, exactly. It's not like it's not like we're those cops in cop movies where it's like, all you do is pay attention to your work. You're losing your family. Like, that's not it. Oh, this Martha, you like, don't know what you're talking about. What? <laughs> I knew this would happen if I buried an oh. O'Malley. It, it's, I, think it's, I, I think I did a racist. I mean... At least I didn't, I'm, like, listen. joke that he hit her. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. That would have been awful. That would have been rough. But it, it's... I think that it's it's because we're not doing it all the time and because our partners understand, at least, what we're passionate about, then it's easier for them to say that. And, hey, there's probably going to be a future where Bailey and I have something to do or we talked about doing something and I'm like, can I do a thing? And she's like, ah, well, it's just that if we don't watch this now, I won't be able to do this thing afterwards. And, like, at that point, you have to make a compromise and I'm willing yeah. to do that because of many reasons but also because she's willing to make that compromise if i'm like i have to do the thing i've dated people who don't like that they're like but we said we'd hang out at five and it's like uh it's gonna be like 5 30 and all we're doing is watching sex in the city we can wait half an hour before we do that and that was not supposed to be a direct call out but it was right right okay <laughs> And if for if any magical circumstance she listens to this, understand that I know we're both going through some weird shit at the time. It's okay. I'm just using that as a reference. So all may know. But yeah, it's a, I don't know, it's a, it's a luxury, I think, that that any 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 
artsy fartsy creative person should try and take advantage of at least once in a while if they're feeling it because the the rest of the time and i'll speak from my own perspective i fucking hate everything that i do and it's hard it's painful drawing wears me out sometimes and well that's it like plateauing i feel like maybe that's what stopped me with my other podcast the gory days i'm still gonna pick it up again i'm sure but um like plateauing yeah it's like i i was going to i've go i was going to say that like gosh i don't think i've ever felt like i plateaued because in my opinion to plateau like the definition before you even get there is to you have to have your voice you have to know what your voice is then you have to have done your voice so much without like improving in your mind that you realize oh i've plateaued but like you've you've made the content i feel like i'm in this floaty zone where i'm like i'm sometimes a dedicated diehard creative who just has to make stuff and other times oh i just uh i just fart around for a month at a time and i'll forget that i do anything creative i guess and uh then i'll fire up the the batches or fuck whatever um i'm halfway through my drink that's all good. I finished my beer. I'm going to go and, have a cocktail after this. And yeah, so I don't know. It seems like I I plateau and instead of improving, I jump ship to another thing cuz I'm like 40% developing done developing my fucking puppet theater, which I don't know what I'm going to do with that. But you better believe that Connor, you're gonna know, and we're gonna find some way to, to, oh, to we, make we will it good. Find, we will find something for it. I guarantee you. But uh, yeah, so like that's that's my next endeavor. So I, I, I guess the only thing I feel like I plateaued at is podcasting. It's it's tough because the natural inclination. And I'm not I even feel, that good, and I never even gave it that much of my attention. Ugh. No, it's he's being hard on himself. I, like, imagine I, if I gave it like a hundred percent of my effort, the way that I gave Token Studios. I was giving it like fifty percent of my effort, honestly. But that's but that's the thing is, I feel like, look, I hate to say this because obviously Token Studios is like my one thing right now. Like every all of the people close to me know that this is my one fucking thing, and there there are a lot of times where Token Studios is getting thirty percent of my energy when I'm spending 90% of my time on it. I think to get back to it, I feel like that's part of what plateauing is. Like I have to sit down and I force myself to ink, ink one panel and that's it. And I'm just like, okay, I'm done. I I just, I simply can't do anymore. Like we're finished. Fuck this. I hate this. And I go to bed and I wake up the next day and do it again. But that, to that note, that's one of the reasons why I think, Anything that's written super well consistently takes a lot of time. I will use an example. This is just a personal opinion, and I totally understand if it's not people's things, but I think there is one thing that I believe anyone with a good sense for storytelling can at least appreciate. But I think that Rick and Morty, whether you think it's funny or not, the writers obviously have a very clear grasp of storytelling narrative and pacing it's actually to me phenomenal and kind of scary how well they can set things up is it the best show in the world no do i like it a lot 
yes, I actually love it, but I understand people who don't love it. That's totally fine. Bailey hates it. Great. Here's what I will say, though, is that being a fan of storytelling and the way that they can weave like five spoofs and two stories into 30 minutes and it doesn't feel like 30 minutes, it doesn't feel like an hour, blows my fucking mind. And their seasons are like a year or two apart from each other because I'm sure that their writers are forcing themselves to give that 30% as often as they can. And then they'll have certain moments where it's like, oh my God, the ideas, everything's happening. Scrap that thing we did. This is what we're doing now. Like, I'm sure that's what they're doing. That's and a good that's, point. yeah, that's so why I think it's consistently good again, in my opinion. But that's the same for. Have you seen that like Dan Harmon circle of storytelling thing? No, it's like a 13 point circle of storytelling where it's like the hero starts in one place. It, the, the circle is divided in half. So at the top of the circle, then you go clockwise. And then once you cross a certain threshold, it's like now you're in the new world. You start in like the normal world and then the hero goes into the bizarre world, makes some friends or whatever, and eventually returns to the new world changed forever. It was a really cool like uh, exercise that I looked at was the Dan Harmon's wheel of storytelling. Yeah, no, I mean, that's true. I think but, that that's, yeah. You're but my, my reciprocal final thought is that, like, for instance, tonight, I didn't want to record this episode, and I told you so, and you encouraged me to do it, and that inspired me to realize what a good episode this would be, and it obviously is the best episode we've ever done. Um, obviously. <laughs> obviously, number one with a bullet. Uh, and I feel like that's what I'm missing in a lot of other parts of my creativity is that I am so eager to listen to that voice of mine that says like you're not doing this you're not feeling this and all i needed was just one person to like push me a little bit someone who wasn't me and i i wish i could be that person and i'm working on that but i really appreciate that and i think it's one of the best things about like finding a creative partner is that you can push each other to work when you don't want to yeah well thank you i'm glad that i can offer that I do I have enough time for a closing remark? I don't, yeah, of course. F- okay, make it final. Make it nice. So my my final statement that I will say to anyone out there who doesn't think it's worth forcing yourself slowly over time to finish something if it seems like it's taking a long time, just remember that Assassin's Creed was putting out games once a year and they're complete shit. And they took two years off and they made Origins, which I'm sorry if you don't think was even remotely good, you can <laughs> fuck yourself. I'll make a hard <laughs> stance on that. But they took two years on that, and it totally changed the game. All I'm going to say, it's okay to plateau. It's just forcing yourself through it is tough. That's it. Yeah, it is. Cool. Okay, bye. Bye. Feeling it out.